This morning, I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles and make your way over to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. The Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. This is our first worship service of the new year. So I say again, Happy New Year 2022 is now upon us. And we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter number 11. And I will tell you that we're going to be in the first 12 verses, but our text verse is going to be verse number 12. Our text verse will be verse number 12, and then of course again we'll come back in in the text of the message, the body of the message, we'll get into verses 1 through 11. But notice Deuteronomy chapter number 11 and verse number 12. A land which the Lord thy God careth for, now watch, excuse me, a land which thy Lord God careth for, the eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it. From the beginning of the year, even unto the end of the year. This morning, the title of the message is, The Eyes of the Lord Are Upon Us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. We rejoice in your care for us. And Lord, as we welcome in another another year, 2022, and we put 2021 behind us, Lord, we give you all praise, honor, and glory. We know that in your hand is every living breath and every living soul and lord we're alive today because you have blessed us with life and lord as we enter into this new year help us to be focused and to be diligent to uh, desire to please and honor you uh, to lead our lives in a way that honors and glorifies you and lord help us to remember that you see what happens here on this earth there's nothing hidden from you Lord, certainly uh, your eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth. And Lord, you, you are aware of what is happening in our lives. And Lord, I am thankful this morning that uh, your eyes are upon us. And I pray that this is something that we view as a positive and not something that would turn out to be uh, a negative for us in our lives. I pray that you'd bless today, that you would guide us in our study. And Lord, bless 2022. Uh, that we might be a people that honors and glorifies you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The eyes of the Lord are upon us. Well, 2021 is now recorded in the annals of time. It is gone. And I trust that as we looked at 2021, we used that year as the year to bounce back. That was our church theme last year. 2021 or 2020 was a rough time. Uh, with the COVID and so forth and so on. And so we wanted to bounce back. And I trust that as you take inventory and stock of 2021, that that would be your testimony. But now we're in the midst of planning and preparing for a prosperous 2022. Now, for that to be a reality, that 2022 would be prosperous for us, we have to stay focused. And so... The purpose of our church theme is not just to come up with some, you know, little trite, catchy saying, but that it would be used as a focus for us as we go throughout the year, as we get involved in our daily activities, we might go back and say, okay, what am I really about this year? Well, last year was about bouncing back. So our 2022 church theme, and this is recorded for you in your bulletins, Our 2022 church theme is this. The eyes of the Lord are upon us. Now as we enter this new year, we ought to start fresh and we ought to start anew. 
remembering that God is ever present with us, that He sees all that is done here on this earth, that He sees all that we do. His eyes are always upon us. Now in our text, Moses is urging God's people to focus on their love for God. He he exhorts them to love God. That's the, that's the theme of chapter number 11. And in the midst of his exhortation to have the people of God focus on loving God, Moses lets them know, and really it's God that lets them know, that as they prepare to enter the promised land, Canaan, that God's eyes would be upon that land the entire year. In, a, in other words, there would never be a time where God's eyes would not be upon the land. Look at verse 12 again. In reference to Canaan, it is a land which the Lord thy God careth for. The eyes of the Lord thy God are always upon it from the beginning of the year even unto the end of the year. Now what, what better way to stay focused on living a life that is pleasing to the Lord than knowing and embracing that the eyes of the Lord are upon us. Now the reality of the eyes of the Lord upon us can either be a blessing or it can be a curse. The wicked, uh, go back and read Psalms 10, we won't do it this morning, but the wicked don't want to, they don't want to admit that God has His eyes upon them because they, they don't want to be exposed for what they are. Well, you know what? We're sinners saved by the grace of God. We're not perfect, but I trust this morning that we relish and we embrace the reality that the Lord's eyes are upon us. Now, there are four keys that I want to discuss this morning. Four keys to reaping the blessings of the Lord's eyes upon us. Four keys. First of all, in verse number one, this key. Realize that we are to show affection unto our God. The second key covers verses 2 through 7 of Deuteronomy chapter number 11. We're to remember that we have seen the mighty acts of God. The third key is in verses 8 and 9, and we are to respond by submitting to the authority of God. And then the fourth and final key is covered in verses 10 through 12, which includes our text verse. We are to recognize the special land that is attended to by God. In fact, in verse number 12, God said through Moses that this was a very special land because God Himself cared for it and His eyes were always upon that land. Now there's an application for us to make in that and we'll look at that as we consider this fourth key. So there are four keys to reaping the blessings of the Lord's eyes upon us. We're talking this morning about the eyes of the Lord are upon us. So notice the first key. It's found in verse number 1 of Deuteronomy chapter number 11. And by the way, as I give you these keys, I say that we are to realize that we are to show affection unto, their, unto our God. This is also what God told His people that they were to do, that Israel was supposed to do. So notice verse number 1 of Deuteronomy chapter number 11. Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God, and keep His charge, and His statutes, and His judgments, and His commandments always. Now you'll notice here that very clearly in the, in the context of what uh, Moses is speaking to the children of Israel by way of God giving him the message that 
that they were to realize that they were to show affection to their God. You and I, if we ever hope to reap the blessings of the Lord's, Lord's eyes upon us, we must realize that we are to show affection unto our God. In other words, God is interested in His children showing their love to Him. And I say again today, what do you think of any important relationship in your life where you never have any show of that love to you? You love your spouse, do you not? Do you, are you okay with going your entire marriage and your entire life with that particular person in a relationship and they never show any love to you? What about your children? You would be willing to die for your children, would you not? And yet, would it be okay with you if you lived your entire life and you were willing to give your life for your children and your children never showed or expressed their love to you? There would be something wrong with that relationship, wouldn't there? And so it is with God. God desires and He's interested in His children showing their love to Him. Now, we're talking about this first key to reaping the blessings of the Lord's eyes upon us. We are to realize that we're to show affection unto our God. We are to love our God. Now, I want you to think upon this affection and this love that we're to show First of all, it is a corresponding love to God. It's a, it's a corresponding love. And what I mean when I say it's a corresponding love is we might well say it is a reciprocating love. Notice the first word of Deuteronomy chapter number 11 and verse number 1. What is it? Therefore. It is therefore. And of course, any time the word therefore is mentioned, we have to go back to what was spoken prior because there is a continuation of thought. Therefore, is a bridge from the previous chapter, chapter number 10. And in chapter number 10, we're not going to go back and read all of chapter number 10. Uh, here in just a moment, we'll focus on a few verses. But I would submit to you that what is mentioned in chapter number 10 is God's love to Israel. God loved Israel. God multiplied Israel. God delivered Israel from Egypt. He protected them. He sought them out and, and claimed them as His own children. Therefore, because of that, the people of God were to love the Lord their God. They were to, they were to show their love to the Lord their God. It is a corresponding love to God. God showed His love to them, and they were to show their love to Him. Now think about that. Is this just an Old Testament teaching? It is not. Because the Apostle John wrote in 1 John chapter number 4 and verse number 19 the reason why we love God. Why do you love God? Well, we love Him because He first loved us. God initiated this relationship. God showed His love to us so therefore there is to be a corresponding love to our God. There, this is a key to reaping the blessings of the Lord's eyes upon us. We're to realize that we're to show our affection unto God. It is a corresponding love to our God. And I want you to notice, secondly, that there is a connection between love and obedience. You, you cannot divorce love from obedience. Notice, notice chapter number 1, or, uh, verse number 1 of chapter number 11. Therefore, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, now watch, and, and keep his charge 
and His statutes and His judgments and His commandments always. Now, in legal terms, there is something called a conjunctive rule. And a conjunctive rule is basically where there is a certain criteria that is mentioned, and then other certain criteria must be present in order for the entire statute or the entire law to apply. In other words, if I were to say to you that uh, to commit a battery in Illinois, you must knowingly, that's the first part, have physical contact with somebody that is insulting or provoking. It isn't or. Like you can't, you can't knowingly and then have some kind of contact that is not insulting or provoking. It's both. Knowingly having contact and that contact is insulting or provoking. Well, guess what? This is a conjunctive command by the Lord. We are to love the Lord our God and, and keep His charge and His statutes and His judgments and His commandments always. Notice that there is a connection between love and obedience. Notice again, back to Deuteronomy chapter number 10. In verse number 12 and verse number 13, how that there is continuity with what the Lord is teaching and saying to Israel. Notice Deuteronomy chapter number 10, verses 12 and 13. And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee? Now watch. But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Now watch verse 13 to keep the commandments of the Lord and His statutes, which I command thee this day for thy good. Do you see the connection between love and affection and obedience? You cannot possibly say that you love the Lord your God and, you, and, and yet you're continually disobedient to Him. Now folks, listen, I'm not talking about the fact that we struggle with our flesh and we're not perfect and there's none that sinneth not. Uh, there's none here on this earth that's completely perfect and, and doesn't ever commit any sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you knowing what is right and knowing what God wants and you continually say, I just don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. It is impossible for you to say that you love God and yet walk in that manner. Is this again an Old Testament teaching? Well, what did the Lord say in John chapter 14 and verse number 15? The Lord Jesus Christ Himself said in John 14 and verse 15, If ye love Me, what? Keep My commandments. Keep My commandments. And so, there's a connection between love and obedience. In other words, this year as we enter into 2022 with the idea that the eyes of the Lord are upon us and you say, I love God, do you not know that God sees whether or not you're obedient to Him? God knows what you do. When no one else can see what you do, God knows what you do. God knows whether you really love Him as shown by your obedience to Him. Notice the connection between love and obedience. And then finally, as we're talking about this first key, that they were to show affection unto their God, notice that, that we are to continue in our love for and with Him. We are to continue in our love for Him. Notice uh, chapter number 11, verse number 1, 
talks about our love for Him and how we're to keep His statutes and judgments. And then notice that last word in verse number 1, always. Always. It isn't that we go through a phase in life where we're obedient to God and then the main and the whole of our life is that we're disobedient. No, it is that we love God and we want to be obedient. Again, uh, the Lord said in John 15 and verse number 9 and verse number 10, John 15 verses 9 and 10, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. Now, the word continue here in the Greek in John 15 and verse number 9, it means to stay. It means to abide. It literally means, and you'll find this definition in Thayer's Greek lexicon, it literally means do not depart. Do not depart from the love of the Heavenly Father as shown to us in Christ Jesus. And what did Jesus say as to how we continue and abide in that love? In verse number 10 of John 15, He said, If ye keep My commandments, ye shall abide in My love. And so, the first key that we consider this morning in reaping the blessings of the Lord's eyes upon us is that we must realize that we are to show our affection unto our God and that requires us to be obedient unto Him. Do not, do not say, do not say that we are loving the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, and mind, and yet we don't care what His Word says. We don't care what He tells us to do. We don't care what He tells us not to do. We're going to do our own thing. That's not love for God. And I hope we understand that this morning. The second key to reaping the blessings of the Lord's eyes upon us are found in verses 2 through 7 of Deuteronomy chapter number 11. So let's go ahead and read those verses quickly here. Deuteronomy chapter number 11, verses 2 through 7. And know you this day, for I speak not with your children, which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God, His greatness, His mighty hand, and His stretched out arm, and His miracles, and His acts, which He did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and unto all this land, all his land. And what he did unto the army of Egypt, unto their horses, and unto their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord hath destroyed them unto this day. And what he did unto you in this wilderness until you came into this place. And what he did unto Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, how the earth opened their mouth and swallowed them up in their households, and their tents and all their substance that was in their possessions, in the midst of all Israel, but your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which he did. Now notice the second key, which is covered in these verses that we just read. We're to remember that we have seen the mighty acts of God. We're to remember that we have seen the mighty acts of God. Moses, by God by Moses is saying to the children of Israel, you have experienced the love of God in action. You have seen God's love for you. And because you have seen God's love for you, you ought to understand that His eyes are upon you. And because His eyes are upon you, that ought to cause you to walk in a certain way. Now, when we think about looking at these verses, verses 2 through 7, and of course remembering that we have seen the mighty acts of God, we are to first of all remember 
the chastisement and the correction of God. Now we, we cannot, and, and again, some people, some people don't ever want to hear the thou shalt not. Some people don't ever want to hear the, the negative uh, ramifications of our forsaking and obedient walk with the Lord, and yet it's part of God's Word, and we must, we must not be negligent in our duties to proclaim the whole counsel of God. Now I want you to notice that as we think about this key of remembering that we have seen the mighty acts of God, that requires us, first of all, to remember the chastisement and the correction of God. Look at verse number number 2 again. And I want you to notice here, read with me verse number 2, and we're going to stop at a certain point. And know you this day, for I speak not with your children which have not known and which have not seen the chastisement of the Lord your God. Do you know what Moses is saying by God? He's saying that I'm not talking to your children. I'm talking to you. <laughs> you talking to me? I'm talking to you. Okay, he, he's talking to them, those who had seen the mighty acts of God. Not their children, but those that had seen the mighty acts of God. And notice here he is particularly talking to them about them having seen what? The chastisement of the Lord your God. Do you know that God speaks with those who had seen the chastisement of the Lord? And do you know that Moses here, by God, goes in and, and explains to them some examples of the chastisement of God? Look at verses 5 and 6. Look at verses 5 and 6. And what He did unto you in the wilderness until ye came into this place. Now I would submit to you that He is not there talking about His hand of blessing upon them in the wilderness. But I would submit to you that He is talking about his chastisement upon them in the wilderness. His correction upon them as they, first of all, wound up wandering 40 years in the wilderness. Why? Because they were not obedient to Him in going in to possess the land. And as they wandered 40 years in the wilderness, how would you characterize that 40-year wandering? Would you characterize the 40-year wandering as a time of great spiritual growth for the children of Israel and they were always on cloud nine in their spiritual service of the Lord? Or would you, would you uh, describe it in this way? They continually murmured and complained. They continually got themselves into difficulty and problems because they were not thankful to God. They did not consider what God had done. They continually rebelled against Moses. And by the way, verse number 6 proves that by the context, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but they continually rebelled against God, murmured and complained with God. Oh God, we don't have any water. Oh God, I wish we were back in bondage in Egypt because at least there we had some leeks and some vegetables to eat. Oh God, we don't have any, we don't have any meat. Oh, we don't like this manna. Can you give us something else? They continually complained and murmured against God. And so God, because of that, did what? He corrected them. He chastened them. Look at verse number 6, another example. And what He did unto Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, the son of Reuben, how the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up in their households and their tents and all their substance that was in their possession in the midst of all Israel. Now why did God do that? Go back to Numbers chapter 16. We're not going to turn there now, but... You remember, they, they questioned the authority of Moses. 
They questioned God's appointing Aaron as the high priest. And they said, well, anybody can do this. I mean, God hasn't spoken only by you. We can do this as well. And so they questioned the authority. And what did God do? God brought his chastisement and correction upon them. Do you know that God still sees all that his people do? And he sees all that his people do and he corrects his children for their waywardness. God corrected Israel and Judah by allowing them to be taken captive by both Assyria and also Babylon. Listen to Amos chapter number 9, verse number 4. Amos chapter number 9 and verse number 4. God's speaking about the impending doom and captivity of Israel. God writes through the prophet Amos in Amos 9, verse 4. And though they go into captivity before their enemies, thence will I command the sword and it shall slay them. And I will set mine eyes upon them for evil and not for good. Did you get that? God's eyes upon them. But not for good in this instance, for evil. Verse number 8 of Amos 9. Verse number 8 of Amos 9. Behold, the eyes of the Lord God are upon the sinful kingdom. And I will destroy it from off the face of the earth, saving that I will not utterly destroy the house of Jacob, saith the Lord. Now what do we learn from this? We learn that we ought to remember that God's eyes are upon us throughout the year. And God's eyes can be upon us for either blessing or for curse. And sadly, there are times when we, you and I have been chastened and corrected by the Lord. And we need to remember those times. And we need to remember what the Lord did. And by the way, even in chastisement, that is a display of God's love to us, is it not? Proverbs chapter number 3 and verse number 12, For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as his father, the son in whom he delighteth. And so, the idea is that there is a love displayed by God as He corrected us. Man, listen. When you begin to stray away from God and you begin to do your own thing, do you not understand that we're to remember? We're to remember that we have seen the mighty acts of God and we have seen, yes, the chastisement and the correction of God. i got to be honest with you. There have been times in my life where I have been under the severe chastisement and correction of God such that I didn't even want to get out of bed. And you know what? It's good to remember those times. It's good to remember so that we don't repeat that, that we remember the chastisement and the correction of God. So, so we're to remember the second key. Remember that we have seen the mighty acts of God. First of all, we've seen the mighty acts of God in chastisement and correction. But secondly, we're to remember that we have seen the mighty acts of God in His care and protection. So not only His chastisement and correction, but His care and protection. Notice here the uh, last part of verse number 2. Notice the last part of verse number 2. He says, His greatness, His mighty hand, and his stretched out arm. Now this is in contrast to the chastisement and correction of God that they have seen. Now Moses is referring to the care and protection that they have seen. Notice God had shown his great mercy to them. Look at verses 3 and 4. And his miracles and his acts, which he did in the midst of Egypt unto Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and unto all Israel and all his land. And what he did unto the army of Egypt and to their horses and to their chariots, how he made the water of the Red Sea to overflow them as they pursued after you, and how the Lord had destroyed them unto you unto this day. God did a mighty act, did he not? 
And think about think about the visual that you get when when uh, God says through Moses to the children of Israel that they are to remember that they have seen His 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 greatness, His mighty hand, and watch His stretched out arm. What what do you what do you picture? When you picture a stretched out arm. In, in fact, what would you picture if I were doing this? Do you not picture me offering my arm to lift you up? You might have fallen. And instead of me coming over and kicking you, I come over and I stretch out my arm to lift you up. And beloved, this is what God is referring to. Of course He references His chastisement and correction, but He doesn't leave it there. He also references His care and protection. He delivered them out of the bondage of Egypt. And not only did He deliver them, but He protected them from the pursuing army of Pharaoh. The horse and the rider hath He drowned in the sea. And then notice verse 7. But your eyes have seen all the great acts of the Lord which He did. Can you this very moment stop and think about a time when the Lord did a great and mighty work in your life? Something that you didn't think was possible? And the Lord miraculously delivered you? And He gave you the blessings that you desired of Him? God still does that for His people. He still promises His blessings of care and protection on His own. Now, do you remember the account of when the Lord delivered Israel from bondage in Egypt. Do you remember? Do you remember what God said to Moses as He called Moses out of the out of the desert, and He said, "You're going to go here, and you're going to you're going to be my mouthpiece before Pharaoh." Do you remember what God said to Moses? He said to him, "What? I have heard my people's cry. See, God's eyes were upon them. He saw and He heard." Psalms 33 and verse number 18 reads, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear Him, upon them that hope in His mercy. Psalms 34 and verse number 15 reads, The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous, and His ears are open unto their cry. God still promises His blessings of care and protection on His own. You know why 2022 can be a great year for us? You know why 2022 can be a prosperous year for us? Because the eyes of the Lord are upon us. We're not in this alone. Man, listen, that's cause for encouragement this morning. That's cause for celebration this morning. Brother Spurgeon wrote this in reference to the eyes of the Lord upon us. Spurgeon wrote, The eye of peculiar care is their glory and defense. He's talking about the saints of God. None can take them unawares, for the celestial watcher foresees the designs of their enemies and provides against them. They who fear God need not fear anything else. Let them fix their eye of faith on Him, and His eye of love will always rest upon them. Isn't it true, beloved? I mean, I remember uh, a few months back, we preached a message on the fact that the, the, the people of God are the apple of His eye. He sees and He cares and protects. Well, there's a third key that will lead us to reaping the blessings of the Lord's eyes upon us. This is found in verses 8 and 9. We are to respond by submitting to the authority of God. So in other words, since we realize that we're to show affection unto our God, and we're to remember that we have seen the mighty acts of God, we are to respond to these 
by submitting to the authority of God. Now, there are great blessings upon us when we submit in obedience to God. Is that not true? I mean, isn't it true that when we are walking in an obedient way with the Lord, there's a peace that passeth all understanding? Do not try to tell me this morning, okay? Do not try to tell me that you can, you can, you can rest and recollect and relate to the peace that passeth all understanding when you're walking disobediently to God. That's not true, beloved. There are conditions placed upon our peace here on this earth. Now, you can walk, you can be saved and walk in disobedience to God, and that doesn't mean that you're not that you're not saved. It doesn't mean that you're lost, but it certainly means that you're not going to reap the blessings of God. It certainly means that you're not going to have that close fellowship and relationship with the Lord that comes by loving Him and keeping His commandments. Now, there are great blessings when we submit to the obedience, submit in obedience to God. Now, I want you to notice here verses 8 and 9. Verses 8 and 9. Therefore shall ye keep all the commandments which I command you this day, that ye may be strong and go in and possess the land whither ye go to possess it, and that ye may prolong your days in the land which the Lord sware unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Now, watch. Look at verse 8. What's the first word there? Therefore. Therefore. We are to respond. Because of all that has gone before verse 8, we are to respond by submitting to the authority of God. Now, when we submit to the authority of God, I want you to note, first of all, the breath, and I I don't mean B-R-E-A-T-H, I mean B-R-E-A-D-T-H, the breath, the breath of the commandments we are to keep. Look at verse 8. Therefore shall ye keep what? All. All the commandments which I command you this day. It is amazing to me. It is amazing to me. How some people portray themselves as so pious and holy in one area of their life and they have completely sinned against God in another area. And they don't see that. And they don't, give, they don't give any weight to that. You know, you hear some people talk. And you would think that some people love the Lord their God so much. And yet in their actions, their actions betray what they're really all about. If they love the Lord their God so much, then they would be obedient in every area of their life and not just the part that they like. Look, we are prone to picking and choosing the areas that we're obedient. Well, you know, I don't mind I don't mind taking out the trash. So I'll take out the trash and then then I'm obedient to my parent. But you know what? I can't stand to clean my room. So you might one day find me on an episode of Hoarders, okay? Uh, but it's okay because I'm obedient because I take out the trash. No. No, you don't get to pick and choose which commandments you abide by. You don't get to say, well, I'm such a great soul winner that I witnessed to this person on their deathbed, and yet you treat the Lord's church and His people with disdain. You don't get to do that. We are to be obedient to all the commands. And beloved, I wish that we would embrace this and understand this. 
that we are evaluated by God upon the entirety of our obedience to Him and not just those that we like or those that give us the attention. We are to respond by submitting to the authority of God, the breath of the commandments we are to keep. And then notice, because of this, we are to note the benefits of the commandments that we keep. Note the benefits of the commandments that we keep. Now look here at verse number 8. We see here that, that we are to keep all the commandments which are commanded this day, that ye may be strong and go in and possess the land, whither ye go to possess it. Now, God sees, God sees our disobedience, does He not? The eyes of the Lord run to and fro on the earth. He, he sees our disobedience. We've already talked about that. But you know what else He sees? He sees our obedience. He sees our obedience. In Proverbs 15 and verse number 3, Proverbs 15 and verse number 3, the Bible reads, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And you know what God sees? God sees our obedience. And when God sees our obedience, God rewards us as we are obedient. Folks, that's just a natural law of God. The evil, the evildoer is not to be punished by the power or the evildoer is to be punished by the powers that be Romans chapter 13 right civil government exists for the punishment of evildoers but you know you know what I don't want to do as a prosecutor you know what you know what I don't want to do I don't want to prosecute an innocent person I don't want to advocate for a punishment and a conviction on somebody who did not commit the crime what kind of a person would I be if I wanted to do that. I want to punish evildoers. I want the law to punish evildoers because they've broken the law. But I don't want to punish those that have not broken the law. You know what God does? God rewards those who are obedient to Him. He doesn't punish them. He doesn't chasten them. He rewards them. And I hope, and this is an entirely different subject, and I hope I can just say in passing here, I know you folks are well grounded in this, that doesn't mean that your life's going to be a bed of roses. We're going to have trials and tribulations. But God rewards for His obedience. Notice, notice the benefits of keeping the commandments that God gives us. First of all, we have strength for the task. Strength for the task. In verse number 8, we read that we're to keep the commandments all of the commandments that the Lord gives us, that ye may be strong and go in and possess the land where you go to possess it. You know, if you're obedient unto God, God will give you this blessing. He'll make you strong to lead the life that He wants you to lead. He'll make you strong for the task at hand. God will give you His strength and His vigor to go in and possess the land whither you go to possess it. Notice the second blessing that the Lord will bestow upon you. He will stretch out your time. Now, look at verse number 9. I'm saying He will stretch out your time. In verse number 9, And that ye may prolong your days in the land, which the Lord swear unto your fathers to give unto them and to their seed, a land that floweth with milk and honey. He will, he will elongate your days uh, on this earth and in the land, blessing you for that. You know, it's a reality that the Lord... The Lord can take our lives at any moment. He sees all that we do, and He's not going to be mocked. And, and as He sees how we endeavor to live for Him in this life, he can, he can literally give us additional time that might be used for His honor and glory. Proverbs 10, verse 27 reads, The fear of the Lord prolongeth days, 
but the years of the wicked shall be shortened. And so we are to respond by submitting to the authority of God. There are blessings that are associated with that. Why can 2022 be a prosperous year? Because God can give us strength for the task. Because God can stretch out our time here on this earth. He can prolong us that we and, and prolong our time here that we might be used of Him. There's a fourth and final key that we mention here. There's a fourth and final key, and it covers verses 10 through 12. And I want you to note here as we read verses 10 and 11. We've already read verse 12, but let's read verses 10 and 11. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence she came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. But the land whither ye go to possess it, it is a land of hills and valleys and drinketh water of the rain of heaven. Now, I want you to notice here about this land. This was a, this was a special land. We are to This fourth key. We are like the people of Israel to recognize the special land that is attended to by God. Now, God looked upon Canaan and it was a special land to Him. Now, I want to say to you that wherever we're at, it's a special land that is attended to by God. God was blessing the children of Israel with something special. And when you think about how He has blessed His children here in the United States, can you not say that He's blessed us with something special? I mean, is there, is there any country like the United States of America? We got our problems. And man, we are headed downhill fast. And we've got, we've got issues with our leadership and we are not what God would want us to be. But do you want to move to Cuba? Would you rather move to Honduras or Panama? Where would you rather go? You want to go to Ukraine? How about Turkey? Would you, would you, if I said today I'll give you a one-way ticket to Turkey and we'll pay to have all your goods moved there, would you move to Turkey and become a Turkish citizen if that were even possible? This is still the greatest country on the face of the earth. And it, is, it behooves us as people of God to not be ashamed to say that. It behooves us as people of God to say that God has blessed this land. This has been a special land that was attended to by God. And you and I ought to recognize that as we enter into this new year. Notice in verse number 10, it's a preferred land. It's a preferred land. Now what, what Moses, what God is saying through Moses in verse number 10 is I think that there is a sense in which in which the land of, e, uh, of, of Canaan was, was uh, superior to the land of Egypt. But, but I don't think that's the full import of what he's saying. Notice verse number 10. For the land whither thou goest in to possess it is not as the land of Egypt from whence ye came out, where thou sowest thy seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garment of herbs. Excuse me, as a, gar- as a garden of herbs. Okay? So, Canaan was superior but it was peculiar it was a peculiar land it was a land that Israel would not have to labor in as they labored in Egypt this was a land that had preferred blessings of God and his blessings are to be preferred 
over all that this world can offer. Now, it's an interesting passage here in verse number 10. He says that the land that they're going to, it's not as the land of Egypt where they came out, where they sowed their seed and waterest it with thy foot as a garden of herbs. Now, have you ever gar- uh, watered your plants with your feet? I mean, did you did you did you put did you wrap your hose around your foot, you know, and then use your foot? No, literally, what's talking about here is that in the land of Egypt, which was a fruitful land, there's no doubt about. It, but the way that they had to water was that they had to retrieve the water from the Nile, and they had to make these these. Uh, waterways that sometimes they would literally have to stop up the mud with their foot to divert the water to water the, the gardens. And you know what God is saying? God is saying in, in, in this land that I'm giving you, you're not going to have to go through all that. This is a well-watered place. What do we call, what do we call that area? The, it's the Fertile Crescent, right? I mean, this is a well-watered plain. This is a, this is a place where God is going to bless with preferred blessings. And I'm just going to tell you that God's blessings are to be preferred over anything that this world can offer. You know, some people say, well, I'm going to take this job because this job's going to give me this amount of money or this amount of security. No matter that they can't serve God. No matter that it's in contrast with what God really wants them to do. They're choosing the highest dollar amount. And they, they choose what this world can offer instead of accepting the preferred blessings of God. I think of that old song, I'd rather have Jesus. That was my mom's, mom's favorite hymn. I'd rather have Jesus. Uh, I'd rather have Jesus than to be the, uh, the, a king of a vast domain. And it's true, we'd rather have the blessings. We'd rather, we'd rather have the, 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 the blessings of God and the reproaches of God than as Moses, uh, as it is said about Moses in the book of Hebrews chapter 11, uh, than to enjoy uh, the pleasures of the, all that Egypt could offer. And it's true, we ought to have that same testimony. We ought to recognize the special land attended to by God is a preferred land, and it is a particularly cared for land. It's particularly cared for. Why is it particularly cared for? Because God Himself cares for it. God's eyes are upon it. He places His particular care upon the land. And he watches over it. You know, something that is special to you, you watch, don't you? I remember years ago uh, when uh, Olivia was just, uh, uh, I don't know how old she was. How old was Olivia when we went to uh, Norfolk there, Virginia? Was she one year old, something like that? It was 2010, she's about one year old. And I remember we went to the beach there. We stayed at Fort Story there in, in, in uh, Virginia Beach. And I remember going to the beach, and uh, and, and Lauren uh, had uh, Olivia out there, and, and and her former husband, and and I remember Olivia getting out in the water, and I couldn't take my eyes off her. I'm like, hey, get her, get her, you know, don't let her get out there. You're gonna get, she's gonna get swept away by a weight, you know, it's being a little overprotective. But my eyes were upon her. You know why? Because she was special to me. God's eyes are upon us because we're special to. And they are, they are particular blessings that He loads us with. I want to give you this verse, and I want to make this uh, applicable to us as a church. God's eyes are upon this church. We're few in number this morning. But I like what Brother, Brother Steve said when he was leading the singing. You know, we might be few in number, but mighty in spirit. 
And I like that. And we can't control the amount of people that we have, can we? But we can control the spirit that we have. And we ought to remember always that God's eyes are upon us as we meet together. Remember when Solomon built the temple using the resources and the plans that David, his father, had left for him? And at the end of building it, Solomon gathered the people of God together and God descended down with His Shekinah glory upon the temple. And God said this in 1 Kings chapter number 9 and verse number 3. In 1 Kings chapter number 9 and verse number 3. And the Lord said unto him, that's Solomon, I have heard thy prayer and thy supplication and that thou hast made before me. I have hallowed this house which thou hast built to put my name there forever. Now listen. And mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. God's eyes were upon the service of God in His chosen place, the temple. Just like they were upon His chosen place in the tabernacle. And just like they were upon His chosen place today, His New Testament churches. God's eyes are upon Tabernacle Baptist Church. Let us be careful how we act in God's house. Let us be careful how we come into God's house. Let us be careful what we do as God's church when we leave God's house. That we honor and glorify Him knowing that the eyes of the Lord are upon us. Hey, Happy New Year. It's 2022. And you know what? I'm pumped. I mean, I don't know why, but 2022, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I wasn't too much excited about 2021 or 2020. i got to be honest with you. Those were rough years, were they not? Hey, God's eyes are upon us. There are four keys to reaping the blessings of the Lord's eyes upon us. First of all, realize that we're to show affection unto our God. The second key, remember that we have seen the mighty acts of God. The third key, we're to respond by submitting to the authority of God. And then the fourth key, we're to recognize the special land attended to by God. I pray, as John wrote in 2 John, I think it's 3 John rather, that, that this year be a year of wealth and prosperity and health for you. And I don't think that's wrong for us to pray for one another. And may God bless us, and may we live this life in 2022 realizing and recognizing that the eyes of the Lord are upon us. Let's pray.